I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. With Boyd Matheson. Well, the Olympics continue to roll on in Beijing, and we continue to watch and to be inspired by so many unique stories and so many powerful examples of determination, grit, resilience. Uh, All of those things are are so important that come out of every Olympic Games. And there's another series of stories that have been emerging this year that I think show, again, why we love the Olympics and why the Olympics continue to matter. Uh, And that is some of the stories that have been coming out about just simple respect, sportsmanship, camaraderie, uh, valuing every individual for their effort and their commitment to be their best. They may not be the best, but their best is enough, and that should be celebrated. Uh, One that really caught my eye today, actually, uh, Amy Kobabe from uh, our team here at KSL News Radio pointed this one out to me. I had not seen this. Uh, But this was a powerful, powerful example uh, of some really important principles. And it was during the uh, cross-country skiing uh, 15-kilometer race at the Beijing Olympics. And uh, that's a a brutal race. Uh, Going 15K uh, on skis, (laughs) uh, not a lot of downhill. It's a lot of uphill and a lot of flat. Uh, But it was uh, a very interesting story that unfolded. So as the race drew to a close, uh, Finland's Ivo Niskanen, uh, he won the race. He won the race in a time of 37 minutes and 54 seconds. He was 23 seconds faster than uh, the Russian, Alexander Bolshnava, uh, who finished in second. But the most amazing thing about Niskanen's victory was not just that he beat the Russian by 23 seconds. It was the Olympic spirit that he captured after he crossed the finish line. And visualize this. Uh, He crosses the finish line. Think about that. A gold medal moment for any Olympian is uh, just once in a lifetime if you're really lucky and you're really, really good. And even if you're really, really good, you're not guaranteed to actually get that gold medal. We've seen that in so many instances. But after he crossed the finish line, Rather than going into the big celebration and being draped uh, in the the flag, uh, he did something very, very different for any athlete. He did not celebrate until he waited and waited for Colombia's Carlos Quintana to complete the race. There were 95 skiers in this cross-country race 
and Quintana from Colombia finished dead last in a time of 55 minutes and 41 seconds. So Niskanen waited almost 20 minutes to celebrate his victory, waiting for the last competitor to cross the line. Uh, Niskanen, uh, when asked about his delay in the celebration, he emphasized the need to respect all athletes because they all have put in the blood, sweat, and tears into qualifying for the Olympics. He also something noted something really important, in my view. He noted how some countries are obviously not as financially privileged with training and coaches and training centers as others. And, and then Niskanen said this. He said, all athletes must respect each other. All athletes must respect each other. Because that's really what it's all about. Everyone's worked hard. Everyone's given their all to be there. He says, you have to show this kind of respect. We have to show this kind of respect at the Olympics towards countries that don't have much budget to get the best results, unlike many of the wealthier countries do. Uh, Quintana, who is 36, uh, also spoke about that moment. And um, he said that uh, it was just an unbelievable show of respect. And uh, that's the real key. He he lauded Niskanen for his professionalism, uh, as well as others who waited uh, and and didn't really celebrate until it was a good moment. And uh, he said the Norwegian congratulated me. Quintana said after the race, it's a consolation prize because I didn't feel comfortable at all from the start. I didn't feel well physically. Uh, I don't know what happened, but physically I just wasn't there today. Uh, and so I think that's such an important lesson in restraint. Uh, restraint in victory is important. And making sure that uh, you have that respect for those that you compete with. You go head-to-head, you go really hard. Uh, it is the Olympic Games, after all. Uh, and then you show respect at the end. And uh, in, a, in an age and an era where we have so many who you know, beat their chests after the tiniest of advancements or successes, uh, you know, whether that's uh, making one shot and you're beating your chest to the crowd in a basketball game or one tackle uh, and you've got a parade around the field as if you would just conquered the world. Uh, I think this kind of restraint uh, that Niskanen showed in his gold medal victory in waiting for the very last competitor almost 20 minutes later to cross before celebrating uh, is a lesson worth celebrating definitely worth emulating as well we've seen other great uh, achievements and other great golden moments uh, Aaron Jackson of course had a golden moment uh, breakthrough for U.S. speed skating uh, Brittany Bow uh, screamed for Aaron Jackson uh, she uh, had had gone through uh, again this uh, great moment in the at the uh, National Speed Skating Oval and it was uh, it was an amazing thing uh, Bo understood the significance of Sunday night when Jackson reached the crest of a mind-boggling five-year ascent and became the champion she was meant to be. Uh, how did that all happen? Well, Bo gave up her spot last month. So think about that, all the training that goes into making an Olympic team and then turning it over and saying to a friend, uh, you will represent our country in that race. And that kind of decision... 
I'm telling you, that kind of decision goes way past friendship, way past sportsmanship. Uh, it uh, it is a higher ground uh, kind of sense that we need a whole lot more of uh, in the country and in the world. And just so interesting um, at the uh, if you think back and if you remember at the speed skating trial, uh, Jackson had caught a badge ed- edge and she slipped and and she fell during the race. And so Jackson, uh, the world's top ranked woman in the 500 meters, uh, she finished third. And only the top two seeds are guaranteed Olympic spots. Uh, so Bo was one of those uh, who had that spot, and uh, she conceded her victory so that Jackson would be assured a place on the team. And uh, today, uh, Bo said of Jackson, she just showed in winning that Olympic gold medal why she actually belongs here. And I, I think those are, are stories that uh, make the Olympics really worthwhile and things that all of us can learn to just step back and get perspective. I, I think of where we are, especially in our youth sports uh, around the world and especially here in the United States. Uh, it is so competitive. It is so intense, so early. Uh, many of these poor kids have to declare if they want to be a second baseman, a right fielder, a pitcher, you know, before they're eight years old. Or they have to specialize into one sport. You know, by the time they get to the fifth or sixth grade, uh, just to be able to keep up, you've got traveling teams. And and not that any of that is bad. We just have to make sure we're doing it better, and making sure we're we're giving kids an opportunity, and then that we're also teaching them the more important lessons that transcend sports, because sports can be a great way to learn life lessons. And we should never forget that, that it's not about the cutthroat, super obnoxious coach parent. Uh, it's not about, you know, all the medals and the trophies. It's, it's the journey and it's the process. And it's what these athletes learn about themselves. And today, uh, I think we, we have seen in these Olympics someone who's taught us an important lesson. Again, Ivo Niskanen from uh, Finland showing us that respect and restraint in celebration is actually worth celebrating. That does it for hour number one on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. Much to come in hour number two, coming up next. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.